Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. The Steelers visit your Panthers tomorrow night in Charlotte. All 30 other NFL teams also will have their preseason finales. We know the starters won't play. We know a lot of guys are fighting for jobs. And in my opinion, the most interesting story near what I would call the Panthers cut line. Got to get from 90 guys down to 53 after splicing more tape. Whatever happens against the Steelers tomorrow night and those other preseason games and whatever you saw in practice. The most interesting story near that cut line, at least here in Carolina, is to me one of the most disappointing draft picks in the history of the Carolina Panthers. I will share that answer to a question of the day for Panthers fans. What are you watching as the cut line is here on Saturday? As you can keep 10 younger guys on the practice squad, but you have to say goodbye to 27 others that you've been watching here in preseason action. We'll get into a whole bunch of NFL during today's program, including with Jordan Rodriguez. She covers the Panthers and the NFL for The Athletic Carolina, a fantastic, outstanding modern-day sports journalism website to which I am also a contributor. Jordan Rodriguez on the NFL third hour. Ian Eagle does great work on football and college basketball and a lot of other things we love. He also works with the Tennis Channel and the current edition of the U.S. Open at Flushing Meadows includes the three greatest men's players of all time. The one seed is Novak Djokovic, the two seed Rafael Nadal, the three seed Roger Federer. They have become known as the big three. That is not exclusively an NBA term. And whereas you get some arguments for somebody else in the history of that sport, we are lucky, those of us who are tennis fans, and I include myself in that, crossed the U.S. Open off my bucket list long, long ago. I've been to Wimbledon. I've been to the French Open in Paris on another trip to Europe. A wonderful sport, and it's a wonderful time. If you're a fan of American men, it is a difficult time lately. You know, Pete Sampras retired a long time ago. Andre Agassi did as well. When I was a kid, Connors and McEnroe were winning the U.S. Open left and right. Lately, it's been the big three winning virtually everything. The numbers over the last decade and a half are ridiculous in favor of those three guys. They have won not quite all of the Grand Slam men's singles titles, but darn close to it. The numbers are insane over that decade and a half. On the women's side, we also have the GOAT to enjoy, remember? Serena Williams does wear the red, white, and blue. She did have a dominant victory over a former world number one, Maria Sharapova, earlier this week. Of course, all of these GOATs, men and women, have won their opening matches. We'll talk with Ian Eagle about a little tennis as he drops by in hour number two, Roddy Jones is going to be with us. We're talking NFL preseason, of course. I'd argue more importantly, we're talking college football regular season. Florida and Miami got that underway, among others, in week zero, as we call it. Starting tomorrow, we get five consecutive days of high-profile national games, including teams we know well. 
fairly high profile regional games, many of which will be on the first football games ever telecast on the brand spanking new ACC network. It launched very successfully last Thursday. It has its first of 40 football games this year. You can't watch the game unless you're there or you're somewhere that has the ACC network. If your carrier doesn't have it, you better find a friend that does. You better have a bar or restaurant that carries, you know, DirecTV, which is a subscriber, or Spectrum, which is uh, carrying the ACC network. If you're a Dish person, if you're a Comcast person, if you're a handful of others, you don't have access to it. So check your bar, restaurant, and hospital waiting room listings because the only way to watch Clemson, Georgia Tech tomorrow night, the only way to watch ECU at NC State on Saturday, unless you're there, and among others, Virginia Tech, BC, UVA, Pitt, is to have access one way or another to the new ACC network. More on the matchups, more on that story. Starting tomorrow, we get five consecutive days of regular season college football action all the way through Labor Day night. And whereas I am not confident in the ACC getting off to a good start in the biggest spotlight games, what do I mean by that? Well, when Notre Dame plays Louisville, our old friend Scott Satterfield, formerly of App State, on Monday night, that's a true spotlight now. Remember, the NFL is off after these Thursday preseason games. They're worried about cuts this weekend. They're not worried about games. September 8th, remember, is a long wait for NFL fans for the Rams to visit the Panthers in that regular season opener. So college football is taking advantage of this vacuum on the gridiron, right? And even Thursday night, I mean, you better be a diehard NFL fan if you're watching that stuff over the beginning of the college football weekend. Well, Monday night, true spotlight, ESPN primetime, it's number nine Notre Dame visiting Louisville. Good luck to the Cardinals in that one. On Saturday afternoon, it's Duke, our friend David Cutcliffe, our guest tomorrow, playing against number two at Alabama in Atlanta. Good luck to the Blue Devils. I think they have good players. They can have another good team. They're not going to beat Alabama. So the ACC may lose the highest profile matchups are the Tar Heels going to beat the Gamecocks in Charlotte again national spotlight that Duke Alabama game is on ABC proper Saturday afternoon UNC South Carolina is on ESPN at 3 30 the same time that Alabama will probably be beating up on Duke the ACC is likely to go 0 for 3 in those games it's not impossible for the Tar Heels to beat the Gamecocks both are considered below average by their conference standards this year. But 0-3 is probably the most likely scenario. So the ACC has to win in air quotes elsewhere, especially given that Miami stumbled out of the gate against number 8 Florida. Some of these matchups will automatically have a winner. The ACC has front-loaded the schedule with conference games. It's only the fourth time in 30 years that there are three or more ACC versus ACC games in week one. So we all know Clemson's going to beat Georgia Tech tomorrow night on the ACC network. But Virginia Tech at Boston College, UVA at Pitt, those are four programs that think they can be really good this year. Those are teams that, in some cases, believe they can go to Charlotte and play in the ACC title game. Miami, the Hokies, and the, and the Cavs, the three teams most mentioned in the Coastal there. UVA is at Pitt, a team they've gone 0 for 4 against in recent years. So there's a lot on the line for those conference matchups. Meanwhile, Willie Taggart, after missing a bowl at Florida State in his first year with the Seminoles, has to play Boise State in the preseason rankings, the best team in the Mountain West. 
No easy path there. And our friend Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, who I believe has a chance to have the best team in the state of North Carolina this year, they get a Heisman Trophy candidate in Utah State quarterback Jordan Love and a Utah State team that went 11-2 and last year and is considered, along with Boise State, the other best team in the Mountain West Conference. So nothing easy for those particular teams that we just mentioned. A lot worth watching in our state, including the return of Mac Brown in Chapel Hill, the arrival of Mike Houston at ECU, the arrival of Eli Drinkwitz at Appalachian State. We'll get into the matchups. We'll get into the extended weekend that awaits us in college football. Meanwhile, did you know college football teams get essentially appearance fees sometimes millions of dollars for a single game in some contexts usually just to get a gridiron beating while helping to balance the athletic department budget they're called guarantee games in some contexts i'll tell you more about it many of the numbers will surprise you during the course of today's program as we pick over the nfl and college football meanwhile in the nhl stanley cup winning goaltender cam ward has signed with the carolina hurricanes that happened earlier today. I was there in 2006 when he was the playoffs MVP and the Canes won that Stanley Cup. Now, that headline does come with a very important asterisk. He is 35 years old. He was drafted by the Canes. And other than last year, which he spent with the Blackhawks in Chicago, he has been only representing the Carolina Hurricanes, minor leagues or at the parent club, right? So it's a one-year detour. He did re-sign, that's in air quotes, with the Carolina Hurricanes earlier today. That is a story worth celebrating. Obviously, this franchise means a lot to him. It's kind of a ceremonial signing as he steps into retirement. In Major League Baseball, as I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, and we look forward to Roddy Jones of ESPN and the ACC Network on college football. Ian Eagle on a bunch of things, including the U.S. Open and the NFL. Jordan Rodrigue live from Panthers camp. Can there be a rain delay, Darren Vaught, in a baseball stadium that has a roof? For now, that's a rhetorical question. I just want you thinking about it. Does, does it give you pause as we welcome calls? 1-800-849-2761 on what they'll be watching in these preseason finales and what they're looking forward to in college football this weekend. Can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof? It sounds like a skit that, like, Stephen Wright, the comedian, would give you, right? Right. Your why initial, do we, why initial do we, thought would be no, of course, right? Why do we drive on the parkway but <laughs> park on the driveway, right? I mean, he's pretty good with that stuff. It's a, it's a brain bender, no? Can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof? The answer is yes, and it happened in Major League Baseball last night. I'll tell you more about that during the course of today's program as well. There are seven FBS college football teams in our state, a few prominent FCS squads as well, and I believe almost everyone, while not guaranteed winning records in all of these cases, almost everyone has something very real to be excited about this coming season. Maybe you're skeptical about your team. Maybe you're sky-high optimistic. That is often the case in the month of August. We'll take your questions and comments on all things college football and NFL as we pick over the NHL, Major League Baseball, U.S. Open, and other headlines of the day. 1-800-849-2761. The most interesting story near the Panthers' cut line is, to me, one of the most disappointing draft picks in Panthers history. More of my thoughts on Cam Ward's signing 
and retirement. More from the U.S. Open, including the Big Three and Serena Williams. And yes, a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof. We're going to get to all of it, plus Roddy Jones and Ian Eagle and Jordan Rodriguez. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us next on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. We are celebrating football today. All three of our guests have that within their area of expertise. Roddy Jones of ESPN and the ACC Network next hour on college football. We get five straight days of regular season gridiron action all the way through Labor Day on Monday with the NFL taking the weekend off after those 16 games to put a finishing touch on the preseason tomorrow night. Ian Eagle on the U.S. Tennis Open and the NFL. Jordan Rodriguez live from Panthers camp. It is Steelers at Panthers tomorrow night. 15 other NFL preseason finales will be happening as well. Clemson and Georgia Tech will be live on the ACC network at Death Valley. It is the first football game ever on that new channel, which launched last Thursday and really, really launches now that the games are here tomorrow night in terms of football. 1-800-849-2761. Panthers question, what will you be watching most as the Panthers not only play the Steelers tomorrow, but have to cut all the way from 90 to 53 by Saturday afternoon? The most interesting story near that cut line in my eyes is one of the most disappointing draft picks in Panthers history. I'll get to that as we welcome your Panthers answers at 1-800-849-2761. College football fans, I'll just put it to you broadly. What are you looking forward to most in week one? Like I've heard from ECU football fans, Darren, they're not saying they expect to be great just because Mike Houston is here. Most of them know there's no magic wand in football. But the guy's track record is amazing at multiple levels. He's from North Carolina. He knows the recruiting region. He does have a good QB in Holton Aylers, which he recently named his starter against the Wolfpack on Saturday. As we look forward to being there uh, before that noon kickoff, we'll be at Backyard Bistro from 9 to 11.30 a.m. with our big tailgate tour. It's our first stop, so we hope you'll come see us or tell us where your tailgate will be, and we'll come to see you. So ECU fans have legit excitement, right? They were overwhelmed often talent-wise. Scotty Montgomery never got it going as a coach, and now they've got this guy who's built national championship-type contenders at other levels, and he makes the leap, Mike Houston, to the AAC and ECU and it's just a new energy, right? It's it's not we're going to go to Carter Finley and roll the Wolfpack. It's, I don't know what's going to happen, but we have a pretty good quarterback, and we have a coach with a great track record, and he's already promised everybody he's not going to have his guys make the same number of mistakes with the same questionable effort than the Pirates had against the Pack last year when they were just truly embarrassed is the right word. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's not promising a final score, but that ain't going to happen. Mike Houston has said that on the record. Who doesn't want to hear that from their coach? So Carolina fans, I think most are reasonable, but they're excited that Mac is back, right? And recruiting is going well. And he is one of only five coaches active that already has a national championship ring. He, of course, did that with the Texas Longhorns. That's exciting. And recruiting is going well. And, he, you know, he has more wins 
than any active coach in all of college football? More than Nick Saban. Mac Brown is one on that list. Now, it doesn't win you any games against the Gamecocks this Saturday or otherwise, but it's a different feel, right? Wake knows it has the right guy in Dave Clawson. That's exciting. Duke knows it has the right guy in David Cutcliffe. That's exciting. App State's picked to win the Sun Belt, and they have a new exciting offensive-minded coach. That's fun. A&T and Elon are preseason top 25 in the FCS. That's fun. Dave Doran's had back-to-back nine-win campaigns, and Matt McKay is his new starting quarterback. And we're not sure that maybe Bailey Hockman behind him or Devin Leary, the third stringer. Maybe those guys have something to offer. We don't know if Matt McKay is going to grab this job against ECU and not let go for 12 regular season games, or we don't know if we're going to see multiple quarterbacks against the Pirates and it's a week-to-week reevaluation. We don't know. I saw Matt McKay play here in the triangle. He's a heck of a dual-threat player at the QB position as a high schooler. Do you translate to that to the ACC easily? No. Can he do it? Yes. And he is the starter. So there's all these reasons for excitement, even in our backyard, where, whereas there are even bigger dreams in places like Alabama and Clemson, et cetera. Quick breaking news from college football as we invite those calls. And as I follow up on my what-if style question, can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof? And I mean without Crash Davis breaking in and messing with the sprinklers the night before. I'm not (laughs) talking about that. That's a Bull Durham thing. I mean, can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof? It is a Stephen Wright-style point to ponder. As we come to Tyler in Asheville, North Carolina – and you at 1-800-849-2761. You can jump in on Cam Ward signing and retiring with the Canes. That happened earlier today. Dylan Moses is one of the best football players for Nick Saban at Alabama this year. He is actually not only number 13 on Mel Kuyper's big board for next year's NFL draft. That means first half of the first round, right? He is the signal caller on defense for the Crimson Tide. He is probably out for the season, according to ESPN and others reported just within the last hour. He's an inside linebacker. He suffered a knee injury during practice yesterday. Nick Saban first described it as an indefinite absence, clearly won't play against the Blue Devils, and they are fearful that their defensive signal caller, Dylan Moses, will be out for the season. Now, that is not going to dramatically change the dynamics of Duke against Alabama in Atlanta on Saturday afternoon. However, when you start thinking in the bigger picture, everybody, including Alabama, that loses a first-rounder, you know, we'll see if this initial report holds up for the season. Everybody feels it. Alabama typically feels it less than others feel it because Saban's just stacked one prep All-American on top of another at various uh, positions. His backup quarterback just transferred to Oklahoma and became the starter, Jalen Hurts. He was 26-2. and two. And he couldn't keep a starting job. That's what Alabama does. That's crazy. So they have other really good linebackers. But ask any coordinator. If if you take the signal caller off the field and he's the first half of the first round NFL pick, you're going to feel it. Duke actually has a really good linebacker named Kobe Kwanzaa. Broke, I think it was his thumb, got surgery, but is listed as might play against Alabama. So I I don't know if he's going to have a big club on his hand, one of those things. We all know that in football and most things in life, you'd rather, if you have to break something, okay, Doc, I'll take the thumb. 
not the knee. Dylan Moses, it seems, out for the season for Alabama. Kobe Quantum may play for Duke against the Tide on Saturday. 1-800-849-2761. Let me go to Tyler since he has Duke Alabama on his mind. It is kind of scary news for Alabama fans, not because they're not going to be great. The goal there is a national title. I mean, around here, you know what Mac Brown's honest goal has to be? Get to a bowl. I mean, if they get to six wins with that schedule and a true freshman at quarterback for the first time in a season opener in school history and a shaky what's-it-going-to-be-like offensive line and a shaky what's-it-going-to-be-like linebacker core, man, if you can figure out a way to get to six wins, that's, that's a reasonable goal, right? I saw somebody predict Wake to go three and nine. I'm actually thinking Wake nine and three. If I'm Dave Clawson at Wake, my goal is not Alabama high, but it's a lot closer to Alabama's goal than it would be, let, let's see if we can get to a bowl game. Duke would be somewhere in the middle. NC State, we'll see with quarterbacks. But Alabama has the same goals, SEC title, national title included. It just got a little bit more complicated today with Dylan Moses, star linebacker and signal caller, out for the season. Tyler in Asheville, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you, David. Um, I, I love your show. I call I call in every once in a while. Um, I'm really excited about college football this year. And um, uh, my Blue Devils, uh, they've got a tough game on Saturday. They do. Um, I'm really thinking that uh, that our offense is going to step up this year. Um, you know, Daniel Jones went down last year with broken collarbone on the second, what, three games? Three, four games? Yeah. Um, Quentin Harris had, what, three touchdown passes against Baylor, I remember. It wasn't a great game overall for him statistically, but three TD passes is three TD passes, right? Right, and, and he's a he's a run-and-gun quarterback, and I, I feel like he's going to be able to escape the pocket whenever those uh, large linemen come in to get him. And I, I, feel, I feel like they're going to make it more of a challenge than what they're giving Duke credit for. I think they've got him as 35-point underdogs mm. or something. And what are you guessing? What's, what's Tyler and Asheville's spread as the Devils try to shock the world against Alabama on Saturday? I'm going to give them a 10-point. All right. I'll be surprised. I mean, I, I'll be shocked if there was a way at the Vegas betting window to say, you know, I think it's going to be a larger margin than what Tyler and Asheville has, but a lower margin than what y'all have. Can you do that? I'm not sure. That might be too much of a specialty bet. I admire your optimism. I'm not sure about Duke's offensive line. You know, Deion Jackson's the real deal. I encourage folks, even if you know Alabama's going to beat Duke, check out Deion Jackson, man. He is a fantastic player in the return game and really an all-purpose back, preseason All-ACC, fun to watch. Quentin Harris as the fifth-year senior who's waited his turn in a world where it feels like every other backup quarterback looks for the transfer portal, right? Uh, it's going to be fun to see a guy who waited his turn, whether that fifth year pays off now that Daniel Jones has moved on to the NFL. This matchup is bad for Duke because when one of your weakest areas is the offensive line, Coach Cutt has told us he loves his defense this year. Now, is that enough to stop Tua Tungavailoa and Alabama? No. But could it be competitive? Yeah, he loves his defense, although he's had a couple of key injuries on that side of the ball, and I mean beyond the one I already mentioned. Offensively, if your offensive line is your biggest question mark and you're dealing with Nick Saban's NFL caliber front seven, Quentin Harris is going to have a rough day in all likelihood. So that's why I'll be surprised if it's as close a game as you're describing, but maybe you're right. I, I hope you're calling me next 
Tuesday, I guess it would be, after Labor Day, bragging about how Tyler was right. I really hope he's right. Uh, Coach Cut playing against his own alma mater. Great, great exposure for the Blue Devils. National TV, ABC. But out of all the games on any ACC team schedule, I mean, is any one harder than that? You're away from home. You have a new, relatively, I mean, he started, I think, a game or two last year, but pretty much a new starting quarterback against an NFL-caliber defense with, I mean, players that way. I don't mean they're that good, but players of NFL caliber all over that defense. Well-coached by Nick Saban against Tua when the Tide has the ball. Man, that's, that is as big an uphill battle as any ACC team will face in any week this coming season. Thank you for playing. Tyler, 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Panthers fans, what will you be watching most as they cut all the way from 90 to 53 this coming Saturday after playing the Steelers tomorrow night. The most interesting story near that cut line to me involves one of the most disappointing draft picks in Panthers history. I'll give you that story and take more of your calls. NFL fans, it's the cut time. College football fans, what are you looking forward to most in week one as Clemson and Georgia Tech get things underway tomorrow night? Wake hosts Utah State and a theoretical Heisman candidate in quarterback Jordan Love. That's Friday night. Saturday, you got some rivalries, UNC against South Carolina. You have ECU visiting NC State. You have Duke in that national spotlight against Alabama. You got Virginia Tech, BC, UVA Pitt. Florida State plays Boise State in Jacksonville on Saturday night. Syracuse goes to Liberty. That's probably the biggest home game in the history of Liberty football. And their coach, has been sidelined by various things. They're not even sure he's going to be on the sidelines. The Liberty coach as Syracuse, the other top 25 team, not named Clemson from the ACC in the preseason polls. As they come to town, Hugh Freeze, remember, former SEC head coach, the new head coach at Liberty. He, like, can't stand up because of a back issue and an infection while they were addressing the back issue. So it's a really weird set of circumstances where he has had to, like, coach practice from afar like with a keyboard and a headset and a communication line to the people who are actually out there on the field. Really weird set of circumstances. And then it'll culminate, remember, Monday night with number nine Notre Dame visiting Scott Satterfield in Louisville in that ESPN primetime game. More on college football, more on the Panthers and the rest of the NFL. My answer to the Panthers' most interesting story on the cut line. And, yes, I promised it. I'll get to it. Can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof without Crash Davis breaking into the building the night before? The answer is actually yes. I will explain, and if I don't tell you something you didn't know, on the other side, I'll retire at the end of today's show. If you know everything I'm about to hit you with in the next segment, and you can prove that to me, I will retire at the end of today's show. I know that would sadden some, perhaps excite others. That's my challenge. I hope you'll stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? It was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to go back to racing. (laughs) Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Show. 
Roddy Jones on college football in less than 30 minutes. Ian Eagle on some U.S. Open tennis and NFL, one of our favorites on March Madness and the National Football League. You know, the, the beard and the bird? The beard is Dan Fouts, the legendary retired quarterback. The bird would be Ian Eagle. That is his nickname. One of the great broadcasting teams in football history, as I see it. Jordan Rodriguez will join us live from Panthers camp. We have a Panthers question with really the cuts in mind more than the game against the Steelers. You will not see any prominent players on the field tomorrow night. Steelers at Bank of America Stadium. All 32 teams in action tomorrow evening in the preseason finales. What will you be watching as a Panthers fan most? As they go from 90 guys all the way to 53 plus the practice squad, that is all happening Saturday afternoon after they look at the film and decide what went right and what went wrong during practice. I believe the most interesting story near that cut line is one of the most disappointing draft picks in Panthers history. I'll get to that as we come to your calls. It is college football season. Starting tomorrow, we get five straight days of gridiron action all the way through Labor Day evening. And the ACC and the state of North Carolina are front and center for a lot of the tastiest matchups. What are you looking forward to most in week one? I could give you a great answer to that question for 10 different teams in North Carolina and probably that many in the ACC as a whole, not just Clemson with the biggest dreams, but a whole lot of others have a chance to show that they are at least the next best in the ACC, if not capable of challenging those Tigers. 1-800-849-2761. All right, Darren, I asked you a couple times because you're a baseball guy to step in for the statewide audience as we go to Gary and Doc and others. 1-800-849-2761. It is kind of sounding like a metaphysical question, sounding like a little bit of a skit by the great comedian Stephen Wright. Can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof without Crash Davis breaking in the night before and messing with the sprinkler system? Uh, that's, you know, why do we park on the driveway but drive on the parkway? <laughs> I, know, I know these are cosmic things, probably things that kids ask themselves, you know, when enjoying a certain type of atmosphere in a collegiate setting. <laughs> I, I personally didn't go down that road myself, but if you're going to get all wacky, you might as well, right? That's what the kids say. <laughs> so can you? Can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with, with the roof? You know, because you know me, the answer is going to be yes. Sure, but anyone's inclination would be no because there is a roof there. That's the purpose yep. of the roof. Sounds like a trick question, doesn't it? It does. Well, it happened last night in Major League Baseball. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, the Milwaukee Brewers play at Miller Park. Miller Park has a roof. The powers that be at Miller Park last night retracted that roof. And, of course, on cue, here comes the downpour. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no push button like a light switch retractable roof on these multi-billion dollar stadiums that will completely close again the way. What, what was the old statement? Was it Muhammad Ali? He said he was so fast. I'm so fast. I can step into the bedroom, turn off the turn the light switch and be under the covers before it gets dark. I'm so fast, Darren Vaught. I'm so fast. I think that was Muhammad Ali. That was my inner Howard Cosell channeling Muhammad Ali. That's the best I have to right. offer on a Wednesday afternoon. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, it rained. 
Yes, it took a while to close. And yes, because the downpour was so severe while the roof was retracted, it was bad enough that the umpires had to call the game off temporarily. Hence, the rain delay in a Major League Baseball stadium that does indeed have a roof. Now, Darren, you've been around me four years at this point. I hope you have made a list of bar bets that I guarantee that you can win. I don't guarantee all of them, but I have a feeling you could go, you could go a long way with the can there be a rain delay in a stadium, baseball yeah, stadium. That the among roof. the others that you've delivered in the, what, four years. I mean, they collectively are my safety valve. In case times get rough, I'm, I'm just going to head somewhere where I can exploit all the, the bar patrons. Absolutely. Now, you've got to leave out the word retractable. Right. Can, there be, can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof? That one's, that's a key word. If you're really going to line your pockets, you've got to be careful with your, your word selection. Uh, it reminds me of a story that I have not yet told you, Darren. As we welcome calls, an intern Will is taking those calls at 1-800-849-2761. Stephen Wright style again. Why do so-called movie trailers come before the movie in the theater? They're not called leaders. They're called trailers. <laughs> right? What are they trailing? They're not trailing anything. Why do you park on the driveway but drive <laughs> on the parkway? Would you know that just as there's a correct answer to can there be a rain delay in a baseball stadium with a roof, there's an explanation. Do you know what it is as someone representing the 20s and 30-somethings of our statewide syndicated audience? Why do so-called movie trailers you and i are smart enough to come up with that name oh yes we're going to try to promote a different film we're going to try to catch these folks while they're in the theater uh all right well if we're going to put them after the featured film maybe we should call them trailers and if you're going to put them before the featured film i don't know leaders might come up what are they called they're called trailers. They're trailers. I don't know why, though. You don't know why. And that's why you're happy to be the producer of the <laughs> David Glenn Show, because it's another nugget that may lead to not only lifelong wisdom for you and Will and the rest of our staff, but more victories in bar bets in the decades to come. I don't know why they originally did it this way. Frankly, given the high IQs here at the David Glenn Show, I have a feeling we'd have figured this out right the first time. For a long time, think back to when, like, your parents or my parents were going to the movies. Trailers followed the feature film. What problem do you think they ran into when movie trailers, that you're promoting other movies? Now, I don't know why they thought this way back then. But, all right, we've got a captive audience in this theater. They hopefully enjoyed what we just showed them, what they paid to see. We want them to come back. So let's add these cute little trailers because they're trailing the feature film, hoping that it will inspire them to come back and spend more money at the Darren Vaught Enterprises movie theater on that very busy corner in downtown Podunk, Southwest Virginia, where you grew <laughs> up, right? I mean, you want to bring them back, right? So you're going to show them the next movies that are either already in your theater or on the way to your theater. You've got a captive audience. You've got trailers, plural. What do you think is the problem they ran into? I mean, once you see the feature film, most people You're on walk your way, out man. and leave. Yeah. What, what, they got if, what they came for and what they paid what for. What if you and your girl are really into a movie version of Netflix and chill? 
All right? The movie's <laughs> over now, and I'm not allowed. Not interested in trailers. I'm not allowed nope. to talk about what that does or doesn't mean because I'm an older dude, and it really is not supposed to apply to me, best I understand. But if you're in a Netflix <laughs> and chill kind of mood, are you hanging around for the aptly named at the time trailers after the feature film? Or no, are, you, are you barely leaving the doors still on their hinges as you run out of that theater <laughs> to get home for the chill part, whatever that means, of the Netflix and chill philosophy? I think the doors are in danger. No, it's the best I understand this concept. <laughs> yeah. The doors are in danger. Well, that theater owner in Podunk, Southwest Virginia, man, it's, it was all for naught. Somebody put all that trailer together. Oh, it's just enough of the movie to give you a taste, Darren, but you don't give the whole thing away, but it inspires you to come back. The trailer does. Why do you now see them all beforehand? Because eventually people wised up. The market corrected. We still see trailers, but they are no longer aptly named. We now see them on the front end of the feature film, the way it should have been all along. And that is the rest of the story. Good day. All right, there's more where that came from. I am coming to your calls on the other side. That is a Paul Harvey special. If you need more ammunition for that toolbox, Darren, do you know, and I'm not even kidding, I'm not kidding about that trailer story. I'm not playing with words here. That's a, They were called trailers because they came after the feature film. And then they just couldn't change the name once they realized you should probably promote the film before these folks sit down for the feature film. Uh, can a six-foot person drown in water that averages four feet deep? You might win a bar bet with this one. Answer, I mean, yes. It, yeah, they would have to be trying pretty hard. but Yeah, but it could happen. <laughs> it could. What if, you're, what if you don't know how to swim and you're in the 10-foot part? I mean, you might – those little kids down in the two-foot section might be screaming for the lifeguard to notice that you're dying and flailing away. <laughs> but, yeah, six-foot man could die in a, in a body of water that averages four feet deep or whatever. Be careful with those numbers, man. Fuzzy math, as they call it. And do you know, Darren, I promise this is a 90% chance of a bar bet victory. Who has the second largest air force in the world? I, would you? I would I imagine know you would the, know. the, the would, United States Air Force Academy or the Air Force, the United States Air Force would be number one. Cool. That is absolutely correct. Our country's Air Force, duh, has the largest air force in the world. Lots and lots of aircraft. I mean, 10,000 plus aircraft of different varieties. My dad was in the Air Force, so I happen to know that number. So the way to get them, the way to get them is you just say, well, who has the second largest air force in the world? They might say Russia which has a pretty large right. air force. Some, some larger countries that, that have those sorts of resources, sure. They might say China, yeah. which is also in the top five. They might even say China. They might say Russia. They might say China. They might say <laughs> India. They might say South Korea. They might say Japan. They might say France, which actually all have among the 10 largest air forces in the world. The correct answer is that the United States Navy in conjunction with their partners in the Marines, have the second largest air force in the world. True story. <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. Huh. The United States Navy, in conjunction with the Marines, second largest air force in the world. You can look it up. You can look it up. And you can win a bar bet along the way. At just inst the, the, the rain delay in a stadium with a roof inspired me to share some of those things. I don't have time to get into all of these details, but you ready for one more? Of course. 
on the planet Venus, I am not kidding again, on the planet Venus, rain delays in stadiums with roofs, Darren. This is what got me started on this, just in case anybody was wondering. (laughs) On planet Venus, a day is longer than a year. So so a day on Venus is longer than our year on Earth. No, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus, as measured (laughs) in Earth terms. The bottom line is this, and I'm telling you, talk about a guaranteed bar bet victory, right? (laughs) Venus rotates so incredibly slowly on its axis. That's what a day is. Right. Okay? Now, we have our 24-hour day because we're spinning at a certain rate. Venus rotates so incredibly slowly that their day is like 240-some Earth days. Okay. One day. Our, so, our Earth day is 243. Okay, so, so the planet Venus would revolve around the sun now that, at a faster rate. That's what their year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go, how long? Your trip, the proverbial trip around the sun, Darren. Venus <laughs> has a year of like 220-some days. Earth days. Yeah. So a day in Venus is longer than a year in Venus. That's and yes, you can have a rain <laughs> delay at a Major League Baseball stadium that has a roof. Please tip your waitress as well. I'm here all week, 1-800-849-2761. We are back after this on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friend said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Ian Eagle on the U.S. Open in tennis and also the start of the NFL season, not too far from now. Roddy Jones of ESPN and the ACC Network joins us live in about five minutes. College football season already started last week technically, but the full week one is upon us with Clemson, Georgia Tech at Death Valley, the first football game ever on the brand-new ACC Network channel where Roddy Jones works. Former Georgia Tech star will talk all things ACC and all things college football as he drops by. Jordan Rodriguez will be our NFL and Panthers question, uh, guest of the day. We'll get to your answers to our question of the day. What will you be watching most as the Panthers cut from 90 to 53 after playing the Steelers tomorrow night? And what are you looking forward to most in week one? We'll get as many calls in during our second hour as we can we'll start that hour with roddy jones and did you know that in college football scheduling as in life there are cheap dates and expensive dates do you know what the folks running the game in atlanta paid alabama to go there how about 4.5 million dollars for the crimson tide Duke is getting something less than that, but still a big number. South Carolina and North Carolina each getting $2 million to play each other in Charlotte this weekend. In some cases, the number is closer to peanuts. More on that story with our conversation with Roddy Jones next on the David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. 